Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by the last man standing with loserpool.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeu. On today's edition, we'll be talking about Raul's comments at the fans forum. We'll be talking about Shkodran Mustafi, a little bit about Danny Ceballos, and we'll be touching on the mental health awareness campaigns um, and how important that is right now. Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon to everybody watching us live at the moment, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and a big hello to those of you watching either the replay or listening to us via our audio platforms. Uh, thank you all for your continued support. Um, lots and lots to discuss. Uh, first of all, I want to apologize, actually, for not putting a podcast out in the last couple of days. Um, the last few days have been really, really busy for me um, in a good way, of course. Um I've got some news uh, that many of you would have probably seen on Twitter um, last night, and uh, I'll be going into that in a little bit more detail a little bit later on. So stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, uh, a few bits and pieces to discuss. It's the international break. Uh, it's always a little bit dull, isn't it? Um, I have resorted to uh, arranging a FIFA tournament uh, with some of my friends um, just to give us a dose of football, even if it is e-football. Uh, it's still something, isn't it? So we're looking forward to that this evening. Um, I want to apologise for the mess in the background. Those of you watching on the video, um, doing some works in here, trying to get bits and pieces ready uh, for some of the new projects. So uh, apologies for that. But let's get down to important matters. Let's talk about uh, Raul Sanley and the comments that he made at last night's Q&A session. Um, I'm going to share my screen with you for those of you watching on the video. Ask Blog News is our go-to uh, news page when sharing stuff. And, and because I think their work is fantastic, A and B, I think they get the stories down in a very simple fashion in the sense that you don't have to trundle through lots and lots of information to get to the point. Now, um, Raul Sanlehi was speaking to, to some of the fans last night in a Q&A session. And what he said in a nutshell was that after backing Emery in the transfer market, they expect champions league qualification this season i think they understand um that you know we missed out quite narrowly last season i'm sure they were as disappointed as anyone with the way the europa league final went etc etc but it's imperative for arsenal to get back in that competition now i put a couple of tweets out last night i think arsenal are a club who clearly want to run this self-sustaining model therefore you need to have as much money coming in as possible Qualifying for the Champions League guarantees you that. It's much more valuable than winning domestic competitions in terms of the finances. So, you know, that is is Arsenal's aim. And it was the reason that Arsene Wenger was moved on and that Unai Emery was brought in because Arsenal felt at the time that this would give them a better chance of getting back into the Champions League. That's what it's all about for us at the moment. Now, some of the guys from the Red Action fan group were, were at the fans forum meeting yesterday. Um... And they they put a little thread of tweets out. Um, one of them was interesting. Fans for a meeting tonight held on a non-match day for the first time to help ensure Raul, Vinay, etc. don't have to rush off before the end. Um, one of those updates was this. 
It was a quote from Raul. We said to Unai that we just missed out on qualifying for the CL last year. But this year, with a stronger squad, we expect you to do that. So it's pretty clear that the Arsenal hierarchy are expecting Arsenal to finish in the top four. And and like we said in the past, you know, Arsenal need to be in that competition. I don't think anybody was shocked to hear that that is the club's objective. Um, I'm pretty certain that if Arsenal don't qualify for the Champions League, that you will see Unai Emery moved on. And I think what Raul said was just confirming that. I don't think it's a massive surprise. I don't think people should be, you know, jumping onto it too much. Um, but it's clear now that the club expect Champions League qualification, not the objective is Champions League qualification, because your objective could be to, you know, if you're Liverpool, your objective is to win the Premier League. But if Manchester City win it, nobody goes absolutely apeshit about it. You know, your objective is is always sort of, I guess, the maximum of what you're looking to achieve. And in this case, Arsenal, yeah, this is very different here because to say we expect it rather than it's our aim means that that is the minimum requirement this season. So I really um, hope that, you know, people aren't surprised by that because if if you are, what did you think was the aim? You know, Arsenal clearly need to get back in that competition and need to make whatever move necessary to make that possible. Now, um, let's have a quick look at your some of your comments. Um, the intellectual investor says, wasn't that, wasn't that expected that, wasn't that expected that off Unai last year? I think what he's trying to say was, wasn't that expected of Unai last year? There you go, he's corrected the comment. Um, yeah, I, I think it probably was. I think that's why they brought him in. Uh, you know, obviously, with the way the season panned out, we were definitely expected to achieve that. We didn't in the end. But I think because it was his first season, he was given some leeway. And and probably rightly so. But now it's do or die. It's, it's get Arsenal back in the Champions League or move on because we need to be in this competition. We're a huge, huge club. And we need to be back at the very top, competing with the very best sides in Europe and bringing in the most financial power. Because without that finance, we aren't going to attract the best players. Without that finance, without the status, you know, that some of the best players don't want to join us. And people will talk about Arsenal being a massive club. Of course we are. And that, that should in, uh, in itself attract players. But surely being in the Champions League helps with that. It doesn't do certainly doesn't do you any harm, does it? So for me, it was refreshing to hear that. Um, even though it was something that we probably all knew deep down, it was nice to hear Raul say that in a public forum. Really not turn the heat on, but make it clear that it's not an objective. It's an expectation. Using that word expect, it's an expectation that Arsenal qualify for the Champions League. And that suggests that if Unai Emery doesn't meet that expectation, he would have failed. Uh, and perhaps Arsenal will be looking for somebody else. Now, let's talk about uh, something else. Shkodran Ram Mustafi, um, he has given an interview uh, in the last few days um, to a German newspaper. Is it a German newspaper or a German magazine? Um, not entirely. Spiegel Online. There you go. Um, he opened up about his situation at Arsenal. And the thing with Mustafi is he has made mistakes. Um, it, he has performed poorly at times, quite a lot of the time. But is he the only one? No. But for some reason, the criticism and, and, you know, we have a section of our fan base who go over the top on certain people time and time again. 
and and it doesn't really matter what the situation is, who they're talking about. These this group of Arsenal fans will will jump on anybody's back at the first opportunity. Granite Xhaka gets it. Hector Bellerin used to get it. And it's funny because some of those people that used to give it to Hector Bellerin are now uh, kissing his ass and telling me how we're going to improve defensively because he's coming back. Hypocrites, um, to say the least. But the thing for me is that Shkodran Mustafi has, has had some bad days. No question about that. But he's not the only one. Lots of people have underperformed. But for some reason, Shkodran Mustafi is a really easy target for Arsenal fans. And he gets a lot of abuse. He's been made a scapegoat when, you know, it's not always been his problem. I think he spoke about a game which, um, you know, he he was blamed and he didn't even play. And as an Arsenal fan, I'm not surprised by that. And that's the worrying thing because there are Arsenal fans out there who treat our players like that. There are Arsenal fans out there who look for the first excuse to have a go at a player to get personal. And for me, that's just not on. Um now, he admits that his mistakes in an Arsenal shirt have made his life difficult, but he thinks that some of the criticism has been irrational. Um, in a no-holds-barred interview with Spiegel Online, Mustafi opened up, in the first two years after my move to Arsenal in 2016, things went well for me. I saw myself as a performer, but shortly after Christmas 2018, there was a kink. I've made a few mistakes and they've created a mess that I've never experienced before. He went on to say, I'm self-critical enough to realise that I made those mistakes, I can also deal with tough criticism, but the criticism has become escalated and irrational. I've become a target. At some point, people even blamed me for a defeat I had not played in at all. He also spoke about Emmanuel Petit, um, who called him the king of blunders. Now, I always think that when you're looking at ex-professionals, I like to hear their opinions. I like to hear their honest opinions. Um... I like the fact that some of them, you know, they, they're not afraid to talk about their former club. They're not afraid to, you know, to say what is on their mind from fear of, um, you know, backlash, maybe losing work in the future or whatever. Because there are there are a lot of players like that. But I also think that there's a line of respect that an ex-pro who will have had difficult times in his career as well shouldn't really cross. And I think that Emmanuel Petit, at times crosses that line. I don't know if it's because he wants to stay relevant, um, as I think is the case with a lot of the old school pundits. I think they do cross the line and they go over the top for that reason, um, to stay in the headlines, to stay in people's minds, in people's thoughts. You know, they want to get that controversial statement out there. But I think that Emmanuel Petit, has to watch himself a little bit here and has to wind his neck in a little bit. You know, let's not forget, you know, yeah, he was part of that doubles team, whatever. I also went to play on for Chelsea. Didn't really have a great time um, in Barcelona. I didn't think, didn't really, you know, long story short, I just think there's a line of respect between an ex-pro and a player that really shouldn't be crossed. And it's fine to, to criticise performance, to say, I feel we should have done this. I feel we should have done that. But to come up with names for him, like the king of blunders, it's, it's silly and it's disrespectful. And if I was Mustafi, I'd be disappointed as well. And he's actually said, um, former players like Petit shouldn't need to make a name for themselves by making condescending comments about current players. I agree with that. Um, Mustafi then went on to say, there were days when I really doubted something about myself. 
But at some point, I realized I'm mentally strong. Something my wife said helped me a lot. If you were really as bad as people were making you, you would never have been a world champion and an Arsenal player. Something must have brought you here. Since then, I can handle it better. That's what um, he has said. He speaks about his family helping him. Um, he spoke about the fact that in the summer, there were options to leave the club. But there wasn't an option that all sides would be happy with. Arsenal also attached some conditions to a possible departure, despite their statements. Um, I also knew the next change is extremely important to write a positive chapter in my career again. If I move somewhere that doesn't really fit, the situation couldn't improve much. So I stayed. So, like I said, Mustafi, he's had some bad times in an Arsenal shirt. I don't think anybody disputes that. Um, I don't think anybody disputes that as time at times these performances have been below par. But and I'm sure, you know, if they're, you know, Kevin Campbell, big hello to Kevin Campbell, ex-pro. He's watching the stream now. Um, big shout to Kevin. Kevin, what are your thoughts? Because as an ex-pro, I, I mean, I know that you're hired as a pundit to talk about players and to talk about their, you know, where they are and how they're performing. But there is a line, isn't there? there? There should be a respect between fellow professionals where you don't cross that line and you don't make it about personal insults, nicknames, etc. It should be about constructive criticism in a respectful way. That's just my take on it. But I'd like to hear what you guys think in the comments. Um, Omar says uh, Petit went too far with his comments. Um, I agree with you, mate. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Claudio says Ebue all over again. He was another one that got some unfair treatment. Now, is it okay to criticize a performance? Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. But like I said, do it with respect. Conduct yourself with class and dignity. And, you know, as an ex-pro, you should know all the sacrifices that it takes to get to that level. You should know that there will be difficult times in your career. So to talk about somebody in that manner and, and almost be poking fun at them drives me absolutely mad. Um, let's talk about Danny Ceballos a little bit here. Um, Danny Ceballos, um, he's a doubt for Spain with a slight hamstring injury, but we're not too bothered about that, are we? Uh, we're more concerned about his performances for Arsenal. And Danny Ceballos has, has made some comments, you know, that, he, he hasn't thought about coming here permanently just yet. He likes it here. He's got respect for Emery, etc. But I, I do think that Arsenal fans have some unrealistic expectations because you're Danny Ceballos. You've grown up in Spain. Real Madrid are the be-all and end-all. Danny Ceballos has worked hard in his career. Got his move to Madrid or, or ended up playing for, for Real Madrid. It's going to take a lot for Danny Ceballos to want to leave Real Madrid. That is his club. That is the club that he has probably, as a young Spanish boy growing up, has always wanted to play for. You know, he's a boy from uh, Seville. You know, he played uh, in Sevilla's youth team and Real Betis, etc. Got that huge move. Why would he want to give that Real Madrid dream up so easily? And it's not like we're pulling up any trees to suggest that, you know, we could convince him. Now, if Arsenal could get back in the Champions League and push on, then, you know, you, players like Danny Sabas would start to take notice, would start to think about Arsenal as the club that they want to be. And, 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 you know, to many people, it is the club that they want to be at. And 
we are huge Arsenal fans. We would love to be in that position. But you've got to understand that this is not a young lad who's grown up supporting Arsenal. And when people talk about Cesc Fabregas in a bad light and about how he moved, I know it wasn't done in the best possible way. But you also got to understand why he wanted to go to Barcelona. As a young Spanish lad growing up, your dream would be to play for Barcelona or Real Madrid. Just like my dream would be to play for Arsenal because I've grown up loving that team. I've grown up looking at looking up to these players, looking up to this club. So I don't think people should be outraged by those comments. I don't think people should be surprised by those comments. Uh, and, uh, you know, fingers crossed, we can get the maximum out of Danny Ceballos and he can help us on our journey to uh, to reach the top four because that's where we need to be. And if Danny Ceballos can help us get back there, can steer us back there, then, you know, he he becomes a part of Arsenal's history as well. And he'll become a player that I will look back on with fond memories, even when he does move on um, or go back to Real Madrid. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. No real surprises there. Now, let's talk about Mesut Ozil um, because he is a huge topic of debate lately. Um, I think we can all agree on that. San Leahy has been uh, talking about him in that uh, fans forum. And he said, uh, there is nothing against Mesut. On the contrary, I hope we get to see him uh, much more in the next home games because his qualities are without question. But he needs to contribute 24-7. And that's what Unai expects from him. It's not that he's working so well, but there are others who are deserving more playing time. Uh, sorry, it's not that he's not working so well, but there are others who are deserving of more playing time. But Unai can't treat him differently than any other player. You may have read that Unai has put a barrier up, but nothing at all like this has happened. Well, even if it has happened, Raul Sanlehi's not going to come out and say it, is he? So, I mean, what, what do you people expect him to say? Raul Sanlehi is always going to protect his manager and he's going to protect the interests of his club. And at this moment in time, the best way to do that is to play down any spat between the two. Now, we can talk about Mesut Ozil maybe not giving it 100% in training, maybe being a little bit um, laid back. Per Mertesack has spoken about that in the past. But it doesn't mean that he can't help this team. And I think as a manager, it's your duty to do what is best for the team. Now, Unai Emery may well think that leaving him out is, is best for his team. But come the end of the season, if Mesut Ozil continues to be frozen out and Arsenal put in a few more of those performances where we're clearly lacking creativity, then Unai Emery is bringing that added pressure on himself, in my opinion. Um, that's just how I feel about it. I know a lot of people are OK with Ozil being out of the team and I'm OK with him not always being picked if you don't feel that he's suited to that game. For example, United away, I wasn't really annoyed at that. I was annoyed that he was left out of the squad, but not that he was left out of the 11. So that's my issue. I feel like there is a lot that you can get out of Mesut Ozil if you use him in the right way. I think Arsene Wenger got a lot more out of Mesut Ozil. Maybe not the levels that we expected for a player who we paid so much money for, who a player for a player, sorry, who came with such a huge reputation. But there is more to Mesut Ozil than what we are currently seeing. I genuinely 100% believe that. So, um, you know, uh, it, it's my opinion that it's wrong to freeze him out. But again, 
like to know what you guys think in the comment section. Please, please let me know your thoughts on that. Now, what else did we have on today's agenda? I know we've got um, one more really, really important thing which I want to touch on, but just making sure I haven't missed anything. Right. I want to talk about the mental health awareness thing. Um, it was Mental Health Awareness Day yesterday. Lots of social media posts going around, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I want to give a massive, massive shout out to Claude from AFTV, uh, who's watching us at the moment. A big shout out to Claude uh, on the Ozil thing. He says, "I feel the relationship is now at breaking point beyond beyond repair." I fear that you're right, Claude. Um, but I want to give a massive shout out to Claude, not necessarily for that, but more because of that fantastic video that went out yesterday um, where Claude was speaking really, really openly about his struggles. And I thought that was really, really brave. Um, not many people would do that. Not many people have the balls to do that. So my hat's off to you, Claude. I think it was really brave. Um, and I think you're doing a great thing because if people don't talk about it, it only gets worse. Um, I've seen people close to me go through it. Um, and suffer in silence and for me you know there's nothing worse than that there's nothing worse than even as a person who it, as a friend you know seeing a mate go through it and when it does come out you you're sitting there thinking my god how did i not realize how did i not know and you feel terrible for not being able to help and you know, it's so important that people talk about it. It's so important that people aren't ashamed of it because it is something that lots of us in our lives will deal with at some point. Some people will have to deal with it temporarily and can get past it. Others can't. Others can't get past it. Others have to learn to deal with it. Um, and, you know, for me, it is such an important subject and it's a subject that, if you had spoken to me about it two or three years ago, you know, I would have recognized that it is important, but I don't think I quite understood how much of a big thing it is and how many people are affected by it. You know, it feels like people have suffered for years with this sort of thing in silence. Finally, some high profile people are coming out talking about it and that's encouraging others. So it's great. Um, so I wanted to say my little bit on that. I want to encourage you guys to, you know, be there for your mates, be there for your family, because you don't know, um, you know, what they're going through all the time. Kindness, you know, whenever, um, you know, whenever you feel, no, no, actually, not whenever you feel like someone's suffering. Kindness should be a given, should be there all the time. Um, social media has had a huge, huge impact on this, and I think more people suffer because. I think their insecurities are targeted on on social media. I think people um, are subject to abuse. I take quite a bit of abuse, um, which, you know, I'm fortunate that I can handle it. And it's not to say like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm bigger than you. I can handle it. What I mean is I'm fortunate that I can get past it and I don't really dwell on it. Um there have been times, though, where it's got to me and I've blown my lid and I've lost my temper. Um, most notably when somebody sent some sick email uh, about my son. That is when I, I really lost my temper. But when it's directed directly at me, I can handle it. But we're all different. We're all different characters. And, and people may have insecurities that they don't even realize they have until some idiot on social media 
behind a keyboard comes out and, and makes a thing about it. So I just want to say, if you know anyone that's suffering from it, be there for them. Everybody deals with it differently. There's no right or wrong way. Um, but the only thing that is 100% right, in my opinion, is talking about it. And whether you choose to talk about it in the public domain or whether you choose to talk about it just with your nearest and dearest, that's that's completely up to you. That's fine. But a massive shout out to Claude um, because he's someone that um, I know and someone that I know, you know, is a good person and has unfortunately had to put up with a lot of shit on social media um, because apparently nowadays it's wrong to have a different opinion. Um, so big shout out to Claude and all the guys that were involved in that video. I thought it was a very powerful video using the, the following and the platform that you guys have to do something good. So I was really pleased uh, to see that. So uh, well done. Um, let's see what else we got here. I'm going to touch on some of your comments um, and then we'll start to wrap it up. Uh, Omar says, I think social media has done lots of good things and it has also done lots of bad things. People need to use social media in the right way to avoid things like depression and so on and so forth. I think that social media has a lot more positives than negatives. I just think that that particular negative is very dangerous. And I think there's a simple solution to, to these online trolls. I think when you sign up to social media, you should have to put your ID in. You should have to put your passport details in. You should have to put your name and address. And, and it has to be verified. So that when you do cross the line, when you do say out of all the shit, when you do abuse people because you've got nothing fucking better to do, somebody can find you. It can be reported. And I'm not saying that your address should be there for everybody in the world to see. I'm saying that the, the companies that run these massive platforms have a responsibility to be able to identify these people and come at them and come down hard on them when they do this sort of thing. And, you know, I've got no issue with my name being on Twitter and my picture because I, I say what I want to say. I don't abuse people. I don't disrespect people because they've got a different opinion than me. I might have a little dispute and a little debate with them, but it doesn't get personal. Um, you know, I wouldn't abuse someone's family. So I've got no problem with my name being on there and people knowing who I am because I don't hide behind stupid comments. So that's what I think needs to happen. Um, I know I feel like I'm banging on about it now, but it's something I feel really strongly about because if that process was in place, you wouldn't have half the shit that, that is allowed these days. And, and therefore, people who maybe have insecurities that they're struggling to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis wouldn't have those um, wounds opened up because of, you know, idiots hiding behind a keyboard. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Um, in other news, my final sort of point for today, um, I just want to say a massive, massive thank you to every single person who has ever listened to this podcast, who has ever um, read any of my um, read any of my written work, um, who has ever supported anything I've done, bought my book, etc. Because I'm really proud to announce that I've landed a, a full-time role um, covering the mighty Arsenal for a fantastic company, fantastic brand, Snack Media. Um, huge brand with over 30 million, uh, a reach, sorry, of over 30 million people, which is fantastic. Um, so I'm really, really pleased to have secured that. Big thanks to 
Chris and the team there for giving me the opportunity and um, taking me through sort of the interview process, etc. So I'm really excited about that. Starting a couple of weeks' time, I'll be bringing you more and more Arsenal-related coverage. But do not fear, the Chronicles of Aguna is not going anywhere. That's going to continue as normal. Um, in fact, we're going to be making some enhancements. We're going to be improving things. We're going to be bringing you some more content, different types of content as well. Um, so um, stay tuned. Keep following. Um, I thank you for all your support. And uh, without you guys, I wouldn't be in a position now where I get to do my dream job. And for those of you that have a passion, um, you know, for those of you who don't know my background, I was stuck in a job that I didn't really like. Um, I didn't want to be in uh, for years. But, you know, the way life works out, you have commitments, you have mortgages, you have bills, you have kill, uh, kids, sorry. And you, you have to just get on with it. But if you've got a dream, if you've got something that you really want to do, go for it. Put the work in. Um, I know it seems like a lot to do on top of a job, et cetera, et cetera. But put the work in, put the effort in, don't give up. And eventually you'll get to where you want to be. And I, I took a risk, um, but I backed myself. And I backed myself not because I think I'm better than anybody else or because I think I'm that good, because I backed my desire to want to do it. I backed the fact that I really, really, really wanted to do this job. And so I will do everything in my power to make it happen. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I'm one of the fortunate ones who now has an opportunity to build um, but that's all because of you guys. So big, big thanks once again. Thank you to all of those of you in the comments with your um, lovely comments. Really, really appreciate it. Um, like I said, you guys are the backbone of this podcast. Without you guys, the podcast doesn't exist. Um, and that podcast has given me the platform to go on and do what I'm now able to do. So a massive thank you to you all. And uh, enjoy the weekend with your families and friends. It's an international break. Um, catch up with some people that you maybe don't always get time to catch up with because Arsenal dictates our lives. And uh, we'll be back very, very soon uh, with some more Arsenal-related content. Monday, I think, uh, we'll be back, um, hoping to get a guest down here, and we'll be sitting and having another chat on all things Arsenal. Uh, so until then, take care. Bye-bye.